And welcome to The Throwdown, where we talk about sports, sports, and more sports. Today's topics we will be talking about is Little League sports and football and baseball, college football, specifically the OU and West Virginia recap, and the NIL in college sports. We thank everybody for logging in and listening to our podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, we want to say welcome and we hope that you come back for more in the future. Please, if this is your first time, please check out our first episode on Spotify. Uh, Just look up the throwdown in the search bar and listen to that first episode after you listen to this one. It talks about the Little League World Series pitching and so forth on those Little League pitchers um, and our opinions on on that. Uh, Also, if you can go to our Facebook page, The Throwdown Podcast, and give us a thumbs up and share We would greatly appreciate that. We have a lot of big plans for the upcoming 2022 year Uh, right now because we are just now getting off the ground with our podcast. We are looking at, you know, developing some kind of events, whether it be cornhole tournaments or other kinds of gatherings for sports lovers such as yourselves and letting everyone kind of just hang out, have some fun you know, cookout, as well as getting some of our merchandise out there to you guys. Uh, We are in the works of right now of having shirts, hoodies, hats, koozies, all these different kinds of things uh, created and made for you guys to purchase and show love for us and just be something to kind of help market us to more listeners and try to bring in a bigger crowd. So for those that, you know, like we said, for those of you that are listening right now, we appreciate everything that you guys, you know, for tuning in, listening to us, giving us the support. It does not go unnoticed, and we cannot wait to see what the future holds for this podcast that we are just now getting up and off the ground. So, first things first is we are going to talk about last night's game, recap last night's game between o- Oklahoma Sooners and the West Virginia Mountaineers. Um, and if you are a Sooner fan, you are definitely frustrated with everything that has gone on. You're frustrated with, you know, Spencer. You're frustrated with the offensive line. You're frustrated with Lincoln. But shockingly, you're not frustrated with the defense. You know, the defense, they played their butts off. Yeah, we had a couple of incidences where – you know, we just kind of got lucky on a couple of plays. You know, we had a couple of false starts on West Virginia's offensive line, a couple of penalties on them, and then the drop pass in the end zone that would have given West Virginia, you know, a touchdown lead over us and would have made that Burkage game-winning field goal a non-contender. So definitely want to throw some applause towards the defense and you know show them some love because they definitely came out to play um you know offensively we're definitely not accustomed to seeing such low scoring games as Sooner fans you know I know Texas fans and OSU fans and anybody else that is just rooting against the Sooners 24-7 they are 
definitely loving the fact that we are struggling offensively to get anything clicking and putting points on the board and not being that OU DNA that we're so used to seeing on Saturdays and blowing teams out. Uh, you know, we saw that that kind of team last week whenever they played, you know, whatever Carolina that they played that I don't even know, you know, care to know the, the actual name of them because it should have been a blowout win anyways. So, you know, it's definitely concerning to see the struggles on offense. We're sitting here and we're seeing, you know, these these kids – try to sit there and get it going offensively you see you know Spencer I don't know if it I don't know what the better word to use other than you know lack of caring but that's kind of what I'm seeing in Spencer you know he he flushes the pocket early he doesn't let his line you know in times whenever they had given they had the defensive linemen and blockers blocked to seal and give him a good pocket to sit in to give him more time he would flush out which then makes it difficult for his offensive lineman to stay engaged with the block against those quicker defensive ends and linebackers and then it puts him under pressure forcing him to throw you know bad throws make terrible decisions which you know turn out to be incompletions or interceptions um you know, offensive line flat out is is not the same offensive line that we are used to the seeing at OU. They're definitely softer than any group of players we've had in the past. Um, I've talked with numerous, you know, OU alumni, and they've said it. You know, they just the offensive line does not have the bully mentality that uh, previous lines have had. They don't go in every Saturday looking to just humiliate the defensive line and anyone else on that defense that's trying to get through that line and sack the quarterback or make tackles to the running backs. Um, you know, another another thing that I was you know looking at and you know what I think is. Everyone at the game last night sitting there booing Rattler, wanting Caleb Williams to go in. And, you know, yeah, you got to give Rattler his time. But my thing is that we ran through this issue last year with Rattler where the first couple of games he struggled. Lincoln finally benched him and let Mordecai get in there. And it kind of was Spencer's eye-opener of, okay, I am replaceable. And I feel like he needs that again this year. I think – he thinks that Lincoln's not going to sit there and give Caleb a chance because he is a true freshman and he wants Caleb to have time to develop like Spencer did when Jalen was here and so on and so forth. But to me, we need a dual quarterback. We need that guy who, when he does flush the pocket, he is able to be a threat with his legs and he's able to draw the attention of the defensive backs and linebackers where they have to respect his run game. You know, Spencer is not that kind of quarterback right now where if he flushes that linebackers and defensive backs are worried about him taking off and trying to run and get the first down with his legs or make a big play with his legs. He's shown us in the, in the past that he can do that. But right now he is just not, you know, he's not, um, you know, showing us that he's capable of doing it anymore. And that's showing the defense is that, you know, all we've got to do is stay back in our zones and, you know, we, you know, we keep these guys contained. We keep him, we give our defensive line enough and enough time and then we're going to be able to either get a sack or he's going to make a bad throw and we're going to pick it off or we're going to make him go three and out. You know, defensive linemen are taking away the run game 
with our running backs and forcing it to be a pass only game and then you know Rattler beat us with his legs and so far this season we're seeing that that's not really the case uh that he's going to be you know that he's going to be beating us and stuff um you know I can a lot of people you know have talked about it and I just I I honestly I feel like he just doesn't have the motivation you know seeing him come off after throwing that pick yeah it was a great tip drill pick you know not a whole lot that Spencer could do but you know just seeing some of the stuff that he did and seeing some of the decisions that he made it kind of you know it kind of showed that he you know he just didn't care he he didn't he doesn't have that emotion of I'm I'm mad I'm frustrated that you know we're you know that we're sitting I'm not performing the way that I need to perform to help my team win it's kind of like he just doesn't he doesn't care he's like you know what I you know if I don't if I don't perform oh well because you know I'm getting mine I'm getting paid from the NIL stuff which we'll touch that subject here shortly after our first break but you know he's sitting there and it just, he just has that emotion to him of, I just, I'm not going to give it my all. I don't care that much. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to risk it to get the W and whatnot. You know, too many times we've seen, you know, running backs, they fight for extra yardage. Receivers fight for extra yardage. Our defense is down there, giving it their all to keep West Virginia out of the end zone and keep them from getting field goals. And then it just kind of seems like when Rattler is out there, it's, you know, if he can't do the bare minimum to make it happen, it's it's not going to happen. And that's kind of frustrating for me as an OU fan to, you know, sit here and tell these kids that I coach and my boys, you know, to watch these kids. And now we're getting into a day and age with college football players now where they just don't have any heart because of the NIL stuff. And so... Um, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Lincoln and Spencer, they get on the same page for this next week. I'm hoping that, um, you know, I'm hoping that they sit there and get on the same page. They get their film and they, you know, we get, they get into Spencer's head and they, you know, are able to make him, you know, hungry and wanting to get out there and, you know, have the desire to do better and perform for his brothers on that field and win. So that way he can sit there and, you know, be, be able to come in and, and win. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of what we're, what we're th- what I'm looking at my opinion on it um and you know just kind of like I said we're just trying to sit there kind of figure out hopefully they can get that stuff lined out and we can make it happen um you know hopefully we'll see a different team hopefully we'll see the same the same offense uh or the same defense next week and then we'll kind of hopefully perform a lot better on both sides of the ball and come out victorious again. So um, next up after this break, 
we will be back. We will talk about the NIL a little bit more in depth. I will give my opinion on the, the kids being paid for being college athletes and, you know, kind of go go from there. So stay tuned and we will be right back. Thank you. Welcome back to the Throwdown Podcast, where we talk about sports, sports, and more sports, along with whatever else you guys are wanting us to talk about. Uh, like I said in the very beginning, go ahead, go to our Facebook page, hit that that thumbs up button, and then shoot us a message with what you would like for us to discuss in our next podcast episode and as always, we are looking for guests to join our, our podcast and come in and talk with us, give us their opinions on certain topics that we line up for that episode and have some fun with it. And again, have some events coming up in 2022, cornhole, um, spike ball, all these different kinds of events, barbecues, you know, prizes, different stuff like that. I uh, want to thank our sponsors Rawls Corp uh, anybody that needs any kind of remodel work or new construction please go to their Facebook page and look up Rawls Corp they would love to help everyone out they are becoming well known all around Oklahoma City Tuttle Tulsa and uh, the Texas area Wichita Falls and the Dallas area so if you're listening to us in any of those areas or in between Go ahead, look up Rawls Corp on Facebook, give them a like as well, and shoot them a message. And I know that their owner, Austin, would love to sit there and discuss with you guys your projects and help you guys get those taken care of. So next topic, like we had talked earlier, the NIL. For those of you that are joining and do not know what that is, the NIL is where... Now, college players are able to get paid. They're paid on their name, their likeness, and whatnot. And so it is an opportunity for these kids to get endorsed by different companies, you know, podcast, tech companies, clothing companies, gaming companies, you know, all these different things. And so they're able to now officially get paid without being, you know, listed as ineligible by the NCAA. And I think that's great. You know, if if you've never played college sports 
and you're saying, you know, I don't agree with this. They get, you know, they get scholarships to go to school. That's them getting paid and yada, yada, yada. You know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people get scholarships for their academics and, you know, they're able to go to school and they're able to go to a job and they're able to, you know, they're able to bring home money to be able to go out and do whatever they want to go out and they want to do with their friends or their family or for themselves or their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. And, you know, college athletes, they don't have that luxury. You know, their, their schedules are, you know, workouts at five in the morning till seven or six, they have film and meetings in the morning and then they've got class and then they've got lunch and then they've got workouts again, or they've got more meetings and film and then they've got practice and, you know, they've got rehab and therapy and more meetings and film and then they go and they do their homework and eat dinner and whatnot you know it's it's hard for a college athlete you know especially at these top programs division one programs and football and stuff like that and basketball for you know the men and women it's hard for them to be able to go get a job where they can make some kind of income and to support themselves to buy food you know extra food to buy clothes that they need and all of that stuff, you know, so I agree with the fact of these kids being paid, but I feel like there, there needs to be a process involved with it and not just openly paid millions of dollars without there being some kind of safety net to ensure that these kids are being taught, you know, financial responsibility and help them, you know, prepare for a future that doesn't involve sports. You know, a lot of these kids that go to OU for football, they they're banking on making it to the NFL and a lot of them, a high percentage of them from OU, you know, end up do making it or not a high percentage, but most of them do make it to the NFL. The ones that you hear their name a lot, they end up making it to the NFL and whether they play, you know, one, two, three, four years or 10, 15 years like Adrian Peterson, you know, it's all about just responsibility, teaching these kids responsibility with their money, teaching them what they need to know, and what they need to do and how they need to, you know, invest their money so that way they can sit there and you know, have a plan in action if they are not able to make it to the NFL. You know, injuries happen to these kids. You know, Spencer Rattler could tear his ACL, you know, this year and he may not get to go to the NFL. And the money that he has gotten from his endorsement deals Instead of spending it on, you know, a sports car and a nice jacked up truck, he could have invested that in something else. So that way he's able to have his money making him money right now. And that way, and, you know, have that as a backup plan. You know, I'm, I'm friends with Ryan Broyles and I've talked with him and I've heard him discuss it and I've seen him post about it on Facebook. And, you know, when he was playing for the Detroit Lions, you know, he was getting paid, you know, millions of dollars a year to play for them, but he was only living on a fraction of that because the rest of his money was being invested and saved. So that way, whenever he knew, you know, cause he knew that he wasn't going to play football for very long. He knew he wasn't going to be able to stay in the league for very long and it be, uh, you know, his livelihood forever. So he took that money and he figured out how much he needed to live off of for the year. And he used that money to live off of it for a year and the rest of it, it went into, you know, stocks and bonds and other things like that. 
other kinds of investments. So that way, whenever he did quit playing football in the NFL, he was able, he had that money set aside to where he could build another type of empire. And he's built a real estate empire here in Oklahoma City, you know, being a realtor and investor and, you know, a motivational speaker and whatnot. And, you know, and that's, that's what I would like to see these colleges do with this NIL program. That's something I would like to see the responsibility of not the NCAA, because I believe the NCAA is like the government where if they get their hands, you know, if they have to stick their fingers in, then they're going to be taking more than it's worth for them to just have their name on it. So I think, you know, these programs and these colleges need to hire financial advisors to sit down with these kids and say, okay, you know, this is, you know, and make these rules with the NIL, like, okay, you know, yeah, you're getting paid a million dollars for, from this company for endorsing them, but you have to follow these steps in order to get that money. And if you want money for something, you need to come and you need to ask me for it. And then if I say that it's worth me releasing that money to you, then that's what I'm going to do. But if you're coming to me saying, I want, you know, I want to go buy a Lamborghini. So I need $400,000. Then I'm going to sit here and tell you, no, I'm not going to do that until you sit there and finish up with your classes because then I know that you've taken the classes. I know you know the financial risk of going and blowing this money instead of allowing you to just go do it without any kind of opportunity to teach you how to manage that money for long-term growth and wealth instead of just buying something now that's going to depreciate you know, over the next two or three years and you spent that money for nothing. So that's kind of, you know, that's how I feel about it. You know, there's, there's opportunities, you know, these kids, you know, come into college, they, they get in the trouble because, you know, they, a lot of them come from low income neighborhoods and they get to college. They, you know, they sell their game stuff, their gloves, their towels, their visors to people, their autographs. And then, you know, they get that money and they go blow it on dumb stuff that, you know, now that these endorsements are legal, it's the same thing. These kids are taking these endorsement deals and they're still going and blowing the more money they're getting off of them on dumb stuff. And I, you know, I can't lie. You know, if I'm, if I'm making a million dollars and yeah, I'm definitely wanting to go and buy a Lamborghini and this kind of, you know, that kind of stuff, because, we all want to do that. You know, if we win the lottery and we're given a million dollars, we're going to go, the first thing we're going to do is we want to go buy our favorite sports, you know, our favorite vehicle, our, our dream vehicle and our, and build our house or dream, you know, buy a house or whatever we want to do and have the toys and the luxury lifestyle that we want with that money when we could invest it and do long-term growth where you never have to worry about it and you can continue to build and buy that stuff and you never have to worry about it. So, you know, that's, that is my thought on it is, you know, let's, you know, we sit here and we see these kids, you know, getting this money. And I just think that it would be so much better. I just feel like it would be so much better if we, you know, gave these kids an opportunity to, you know, learn how to be responsible financially and knew how to, you know, invest this money properly to where they're able to sit there and, you know, not stress if, if they don't go pro or if they do go pro and it's only for a few years, they don't sit there and blow their money, their 
they're ready for adult life after college. And that's part of, you know, schooling and college is preparing these kids for life afterwards. And I honestly feel that if I had people, you know, other than my parents, you know, if I had classes in high school and whatnot, teaching me financial responsibility and how credit cards work and mortgages work and car loans work and, you know, stocks and investments and whatnot, then I would probably be a lot better than I am currently. You know, I'm not awful because like I said, I had parents who taught me well, grandparents that taught me well, but you know, I would have known in college to invest my little bit of money that I did have into certain things. And it could have grown for me to where, you know, I would be a lot further along than I am now. And essentially, you know, be where exactly where I'm wanting to be or close to where I'm wanting to be financially and whatnot. So, um, so again, you know, I'd love to hear your feedback on it. Go to our Facebook page, the podcast, hit that, that thumbs up button, shoot us a message with what your thoughts are on the topic. And if you have any other, you know, anything else in this topic that you want us to discuss or look into and research and, and give feedback on, then let us know, give us your recommendations, give us your feedback, and we'll be happy to sit there and do that. We're going to take a short break and then I will be back to discuss the little league sports, baseball and football. And then we will end our podcast on that. Thank you guys and be back shortly. Welcome back to the Throwdown Podcast, where we talk about sports, sports, and more sports, along with anything that our listeners recommend. Um, we we love to just talk about you know anything that's going on in the world of sports and in the world in general. We we don't get involved with politics. We don't sit there and try to make this a negative uh, podcast. And, you know, divide the country, divide the world, divide people. We love everybody. We want everyone to get along. We all have different views and opinions. That's what makes this world so great under God. And, but, you know, we can still love and respect one another and, ha- and have different opinions and agree to disagree 
and that is all that matters. Um, our next topic to end this podcast is the little league sports and the two sports that I'm wanting to focus mainly on are baseball and football. Um, I'll start with football just because I am, you know, a middle school football coach in Oklahoma and, you know, I, I've seen it whenever I was a kid playing and my stepdad told me, you know, you don't have to play little league to be good and get, you know, and play in high school. And I'm living proof of that, you know, and now I'm seeing it more as a coach that these kids, you know, at a young age aren't being taught, you know, some of the proper things, proper forms. And a lot of these dads that are coaching are, you know, they're just, they're coaching to make sure that their kids are able to play. And I, you know, I respect that to a degree, but if you're going to be one of those dads that gets out there and coaches, I, I beg you to teach your kids properly, you know, look up different, you know, look up different things on YouTube on how the proper way to tackle somebody is look up the proper way to block and, and everything, because I've seen too many times kids, you know, seventh graders that are coming in that I coach, they have the wrong technique. They almost get hurt because of it. I have to teach them, you know, brand new to keep them from getting hurt. Some of them do end up getting hurt because it, there's just nothing that we can do. So I just beg, you know, any of you guys out there that are listening that are either coaching right now or looking to coach in the future to get make sure that your kid has a team to play on, just please, you know, do your research, look up different videos, uh, go to clinics, go to camps, you know, talk with your local high school coaches and figure out, you know, let them teach you how, how you want them, you know, how they want you to teach these kids for it to be done correctly, how they want you to, you know, how it's going to be beneficial to the kids. So that way, when they do get to middle school and they are starting to play school ball where it matters, they're able to hit the ground running and they know how to, you know, play the game the proper way instead of those coaches having to reteach them. We, you know, we don't mind reteaching, but it's better for those kids to know the proper ways because you took the time to go and find out how to teach them the right way than just go, telling them to go out there and go hit and not teaching them anything and just going out to try to win games by doing stuff improperly. Um, that kind of flows over into, you know, the baseball side of the sports you know, my, I've got two sons, 13 and 11 year old. And, you know, my 11 year old played tournament ball this last spring and summer. And then is now playing uh, league ball because a lot of the boys on our tournament team, you know, play football. So they couldn't do tournaments this fall. And there just weren't a lot of tournaments in the state. So he played league ball and, you know, I'm, I'm seeing it more and more and more, you know, my, my stepdad, like I said, is a, is a coach and he's told me and, you know, through many years and I see it more now being a coach for, for him and, you know, coaching my kids and whatnot. And then being assistant coach with, on my kids teams is that, you know, every, every head coach wants his kid and the, and the next best players to fill the team on the field at once. So if it's football, 
They want their kid and the next 11 top best players on that field with their kid playing. And baseball, they want their son or their daughter and the next eight players that are the best players out there on the field. But they want their kid to play a position that they can sit, that they want to play even if they shouldn't. And that's kind of the situation we're running into with the tournament team and the league team. You know, I've, I coached with two of the coaches that are, are in charge of the league team. And I stepped down because I wasn't going to be able to, you know, commit because of me coaching middle school football this fall. So I stepped down and kind of let them do their stuff and just run the league stuff. And, you know, we, I keep seeing it more of what's called daddy ball. You know, they're putting their kids in positions that they're, that their kids shouldn't be in. I mean, just being straight honest with it, you know, their their kids struggle to pay attention their kids struggle to do stuff and you know have the basics down and they still you know they still put their kids at positions that you know require somebody of skill to be at because they're you know vulnerable positions and if you have a mistake at that position then it's detrimental to your team and it you know it ends up having a negative effect of losing games and stuff like that which has been you know, the whole entire spring and summer and tournament ball and the entire time this fall and the league ball. So, you know, it's, it's definitely frustrating for me as one of the assistant coaches to, to see them doing that. And, you know, I've, I've heard one of the other coaches say, you know, no college scout or pro scout is going to come in and watch them as an 11 and 12 year old. And that may be true, but my, my my mindset is not that it's what are we doing to set these kids up so that way they can feel like they can succeed when that scout comes and looks at them at 15 and 16 years of age when kids are when other kids are seeing the the coach's kids put in positions that they know they're not good at and they know that they're not going to be beneficial for the team you know, they start to, they start to, you know, grow tired of playing for that team. They start to grow tired of playing in general and they become unmotivated to show up to practice and get better. They show, they you become unmotivated to show up to games and have that desire to win and play hard. And that's what we're seeing. You know, that's what I've witnessed with, with this baseball team, you know, in the spring we've, you know, we've had coaches, you know, four coaches we came out we said okay you know yeah we want a full team full of utility players that can play every position if we need to but we need to you know set kids at certain positions these kids need to play these positions because they're the best at those positions and these other kids they need to play that you know my stepson is is not an infield player so i do not when he asked me can i play infield i tell him no you're an outfield player you need to focus on playing outfield and get better at that because that's where he's beneficial. And that's, you know, that's where I'm wanting, I'm hoping that as we turn the chapter into 2022 with these other coaches that we're able to get past that, where we can, you know, where we can say, okay, y'all sons are not, you know, a third baseman and a second baseman. They're outfielders. You know, they, they don't need to be in the infield. They need to play in a position that they can play and we need to put the kids that can play those other positions in those so we have a chance to win and we need to do 
rotations to where it's beneficial for the team where we can win instead of putting in our son at pitcher because he's my son and he, you know, he should be pitching. I've, you know, we've, we've seen, I've seen since spring and summer tournament wall ended and we started fall ball. We've had, you know, other kids leave to go play football and we've had four kids play, you know, league ball with us, stay on and play league ball with us. And I've seen all four of them gradually get worse. I've seen two of them continue to get unmotivated every week that they come to practice and every week that they go to games because what the coaches are doing is daddy ball style play. And it's not, you know, these kids are growing tired and restless of watching these dads that are coaches put their sons that are not good at those positions in those positions when every one of those other kids know that those kids should not be playing. And now they've become unmotivated to perform and stay focused in on the game and what they know they should do. They become unmotivated to work hard and practice and get better. And, you know, it's, it's definitely getting frustrating at, you know, in my point of view, because I definitely, you know, I want to see these kids, you know, excited to come and play sports. I want to see them excited to, you know, get the opportunity to come and play sports. You know, I want them to have fun. And part of having fun is having success. You know, yeah, winning isn't everything, but for kids to have fun, they want to be successful. They want to see positive results, and that's winning. And if the kids are not winning, you know, at least one or two games every tournament or one or two games a week in league ball or whatever or every other week or every other game, then they start to grow weary and wonder, like, what's the point of even playing? And that's kind of the mindset and morale that I have got, I have gathered from these kids over the last few weeks of watching them in games and practices and, you know, and that does, and that starts with the, that starts with the coaching, you know, you got to have coaches that even if their kids are on it, they're unselfish, they're, they're team oriented and team purposed only. And, you know, if they're not willing to sit there and do what is best for the team and put, you know, their kids pride aside and say, this is where you'll help the team. This is where you need to play. And that's the end of it then it just it kind of ends up being something where, you know, we see a lot of it. Teams break up because other, you know, parents want to take their kids where the kids will have fun and be successful and win games and win tournaments. And you end up seeing a lot of these teams, you know, break apart and whatnot. Um, you know, we're kind of seeing it right now with this team. You know, I've talked to a buddy of mine that has, you know, told me that he wants to do camps with these kids help them get better and possibly put together another tournament team. And, you know, if, if my stepson's not good enough to make it, or if he gets on there because I'm helping coach, but he's not good enough to play, then he's not good enough to play. I don't, you know, sugarcoat and blow smoke up my kids' butts because that's not how I was raised and taught and coached by my parents. You know, I tell people all the time, I tell my football players all the time, I was not given the you know, let me go talk to the coach, honey, and we'll see what we can get figured out. I was given the Michael Jordan speech when he didn't make his his freshman team. Well, you got to work harder then. You got to want it more. You have to get out there and you have to fight and want it and work harder 
than everybody else in order to get what you want. Otherwise, it's not going to get handed to you. And so, and that's transferred into real life stuff. And that's, you know, I tell kids all the time, that's part of sports. You know, yeah, winning, winning in games and tournaments is fun. And the lessons that you learn from that is fun. But sports are a great way to teach kids about the real world, the real world whenever they graduate high school and they're out there working and they find out that they're not going to just be handed a position, a promotion, because they've been at a place longer than somebody else. If that other person is working harder than they are and they apply for the position, you know, that business, if they're wanting to be successful, like all businesses are, they're going to hire the person that is, you know, busting their butt and doing the most to be the most beneficial asset and not just be there the longest because, you know, they just do, they're just there every day and they just punch the clock. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my opinions on, on the topics for today. Um, you know, we definitely, you know, we definitely, um, you know, We definitely want to, you know, hear your opinion and, um, you know, we definitely want to hear your opinion and, you know, your feedback. If you have, you know, suggestions or can see anything else, you know, can share any of your experiences. Like I said, please like us on Facebook, the Throwdown podcast and send us a message and of course, like we said earlier, you know, we want to thank our sponsor, Rawls Corp. If you need any home remodeling needs or anything to do with residential or commercial construction, look them up on Facebook, give them a like and a share as well, and sit there, um, reach out to them, the owner, Austin, and be in touch with him, and he will definitely get you guys taken care of. We hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did. We appreciate you guys, and we look forward to our next podcast sometime later this week. So look out for it on our Facebook page on that release date, and we'll get in, back, we'll get in touch with you guys then. Everyone have a great week, and God bless.